Hi, family, and thank you so much for joining us, and I am so happy you're back here with me again tonight. Oh, we had a lot of fun last week. Yes, we did. You kind of spiced <laughs> things up a little bit. Well, we have some good topics this week to talk about again. Yeah, we do. You know, we're doing a, a message right now together called The Secret Habits of a Passionate Follower of Christ, and um, last week we talked about fasting. Mm-hmm. and solitude and Bible study and Bible study and we're getting ready for a 40-day fast here at Woodland Church in about two weeks and 40 days of fasting doesn't mean that we're going to go without food for 40 days <laughs> I saw advertisements today for punch keys and if you're not from Detroit you won't get that but it's oh. um, something that we go eat well I don't but I don't eat they eat before they start Lent because it has like a million calories. <laughs> you know, when we first moved to Detroit and I found out how many calories were in them, I went and bought um, prune punchkis for our children. And so growing up, they hated punchkis. They wouldn't <laughs> eat them. <laughs> but uh, for those of you that love them, you indulge. But we're going to start for 40 days of just asking you to fast with us and pray with us. And uh, we're expecting great things. But Last week, we had a really, really good time, and I thought that I just felt a real sense of the presence of God as we talked, and we're going to do that again tonight. But before we start, I'd like to remind you this evening that there are so many ways that you can give and support the ministries at Woodland Church. You can text to give at... 77977, Woodland Church, no dot, no dash, no space. (laughs) Right, just Woodland (laughs) Church. And I hope you can see that up on the screen or on your uh, Facebook tonight, Woodland Church, no space between Woodland and Church. If you put a space there, it goes to another fine congregation, and I know they're a fine congregation (laughs) because somebody from our congregation sent their ties there, and they turn around and send them back to us. (laughs) So very, very sweet of them. Or you can give at our website, woodland.church, or you can just mail a check right here to 24101 Van Horn Road, Brownstown, Michigan, 48134. And I appreciate it. I think that's got it all. (laughs) I think that's covered the basis tonight. You know, I'm asked every week to be sure I do that because I'm prone to forget. Um, I'd like to tonight begin, we, we talked about prayer, but you know, there are some really urgent prayer requests, and I don't want us to lose the spirit of joy that we have, and uh, I'm thankful for that, but you know, almost every single day, and I can say daily, I, I can say that without any exaggeration, I'm getting contacted about someone that has died from the COVID virus. Yeah not just in our community, but we're blessed to know so many people across the country and other nations as well requesting prayer. And there are people we know and there are people we love as well as people right here in our own community. And just before service this evening, I got a, had a really heartbreaking call uh, with, um, about a pastor and he is just suffering tonight and they're going to have to put him on a Um, uh, ventilator it looks like this evening and uh, so I want you to join with me and maybe you have a prayer request Uh, don't post it um, because everybody will see it there but if you will send that to us in a private message you can send it either to the church page or you can send it to office at woodland.church I promise you I promise you we pray every day at 11 o'clock and we'll be praying for your needs as well Or you can just email me at pastor at woodland.church, and I promise you I'll be praying for you as well. And um, 
But right now, let's just agree together in prayer, all right? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus Christ. Knowing you, Lord, helps us to know the Father. If we know you, we will know the Father. And Jesus, you took upon yourself not only our sins, but our sicknesses as well. And so I'm praying for healing tonight. Lord, just as I prayed for this man this evening, Lord, before we came to church, I'm asking you in Christ's name, I thank you for everything the doctors and the nurses are trying to do. But Lord, what they seem unable to do at this moment, and they've given a very dire uh, diagnosis to the family, Lord, we know that, God, you transcend all medicine. You transcend all wisdom and knowledge. So we're asking you to touch and to heal and to give him complete and total recovery. Lord, I pray for this man this evening that's going in for an ablation, Lord, on a major organ in his body as well, that he's requested prayer. And we pray that you would touch him, deliver him, and make him well and make him whole. And Lord, while we're praying, I pray for this congregation that called today and says, please pray for us. We ask you in the name of Jesus, would you bless them with a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, and for it all, we'll give you praise and glory and honor. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. You know, I really believe God answers our prayers just as we pray, so you mark the time. It's 6.36 according to my iPad. You mark the time we prayed, and let's look for a miracle. Well, tonight, let's talk about the secret habit of prayer. Do you remember the first prayer you learned to pray as a child? I think the first prayer I learned to pray as a child was, now I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> I think that was the first one. And God is great. God is good. Yeah. God, we thank you for this food. We used to pray that in school every day. Yeah, yeah, we did too. <laughs> we prayed the same prayer, God is good. The reason I'm chuckling is, you know, I tell parents, don't teach that prayer to your children. If I die before I wake, I was scared to go to sleep sometime. <laughs> Well, I think what they were trying to do was teach us yeah. that um, prayer is important. Prayer is something you should do consistently. Mm -hmm. uh, we learned prayers that we could memorize, yeah. but as we got older, we learned how to pray from our heart. Yeah. I remember when our kids were learning, when they got to the, that point, we're saying, okay, just pray and, and like you're going to talk to Jesus. <laughs> yes. And we had one child in particular that, oh boy, did he pray. And he would, oh, and Jesus, and Father, and he could pray for everybody. And you know, he learned that from his grandfather, because that was exactly how one of his grandfathers and would pray. Lord, you know. <laughs> but the important thing is in prayer. I mean, Jesus taught his disciples with an example yeah. Of prayer and our kids in Timber Ridge are going to be learning what we call the Lord's Prayer right, right, Father right. our Father we're gonna be doing that Sunday and teaching them how do you pray you know I pray that our children will remember you and remember all of the Timber Ridge workers and from our congregation the way I look back upon Kate Holloman who is a real hero of faith yeah. for me taught me not only about prayer but about Bible memorization as well well, Jesus' disciples, they saw how John the Baptist's disciples were praying. And um, some of John the Baptist's uh, disciples 
must have been very influential in their prayers as well. And John was the one, of course, that was pointing to Jesus and said to all of his followers that Christ must increase and I must decrease. But they learned something from John's followers, and they said, Lord, teach us to pray like... John taught his disciples. Yeah. And I hope that there are people out there that are saying, would you teach me to pray the way Pastor Clanton has taught his church to pray or the way that he's taught others to pray? And I hope that there are going to be people that are going to say about you that, you know, teach me to pray the way you pray. And that's an important thing. So there is a place for public prayer, like we just did. Mm -hmm. There is a place for public prayer. But when it comes to private prayer, that's that time where we shut ourselves alone with God and we don't want to tell anybody about it. We don't want to be talking about our t- private time of prayer. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 6, 6, this is what Jesus said. Here's what I want you to do. Now, you ought to lo- underline that in your Bible. Anytime Jesus says, here's what I want you to do, That's I want to do that. That's pretty important. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah, I want to do that. Not only because I love him and I trust him, but I know good's going to come into my life when I do what he tells me to do. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. And I love that that honesty here that Jesus says you won't be tempted to role play. I heard someone say one time they had been asked the question, what's more important, corporate prayer or private prayer? And they said, well, what's more important to you, drinking water or breathing? (laughs) (laughs) So you got to have both. you got to have both. But I think the thing I want to really point out here is that Jesus is saying to all of us, we can be tempted to role play before God, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes, it's amazing. You know, I taught about this. I haven't taught about this in a long time. But years ago, I talked about, you know, why do we talk to God so strangely? If I was to sit down at the table and go, honey, would thou please passeth the salt? You might get it passed. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, just be yourself before the Lord. Be reverent, be respectful, but be there before the Lord. And, And by the way, God doesn't talk in King James English, by the way. But he says, be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And I I think what he's saying there is, be yourself. Sometimes when we pray, I know I have been guilty of this, praying what I think I'm supposed to pray, Mm -hmm. and have literally stopped and said, Lord, I don't know why I'm praying this, because you know what's in my heart, and you know that is not what I'm feeling right now. And being comfortable enough with God and his love and his grace and his mercy and all those things we desperately need, that we can just be honest and express our heart before him. And sometimes it's it's moments of pain that we just need that moment of seclusion just to talk to our Father. Right. And then Jesus says the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. I think what he's saying here is all of us can become self-conscious, you know? 
how's my hair look? You know, is my <laughs> shirt tucked in right? Or is it, you know, today is untucking uh, your is shirt. Is it untucked right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had people tell me, Pastor, you need to buy some of those shirts that are untucked. I said, I'm not preaching in a, my shirt tail hanging out. But you will then begin, and that's fine if you want to wear your untucked shirt. Um, rabbit. The focus will shift to you from God. And when you're not self-conscious, then you begin to sense the grace of God and how much He loves you. I think God, too, gives us space in our prayers yeah. that sometimes, if it is something that is intense right. that I'm praying about, a hurt or a need, you know, I go through that, that initial uh, time of going, and God, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Of I have to, it's like I have to get yeah. that out, and then as I like get it on the table, then that part of my heart is yeah. empty, yeah. and I can begin to listen to God, yeah. and God is patient enough with me in my prayers to allow me that time to express what I need to express, and then to take time and listen, and then I'm ready to hear right. what he's got right. to say. But that's authentic, honey. Mm -hmm. Because there are times when you're intense talking to me, <laughs> and I listen real well when you're intense. And, you know, we have um, our emotions that we bring before the Lord. We have our feelings that we bring before the Lord. And so I would just say, don't feel like that you've got to be monotone, but just be yourself. Get your mind off yourself. Trust God. Uh, let me give you a, a little story that happened um, I was asked to come and preach for a, another uh, state and to do an entire tour of their state. And so after um, going back and forth and doing a tour of their state for two weeks, at the end of the tour, uh, my host said to me, he says, do you know why I invited you to come? And um, I thought he was going to tell me some things that would, you know, that every preacher likes to hear. He says, we were at an early morning prayer time where we had been asked to come and just pray together. And he said, and I didn't know this, he said, you were kneeling close to me praying, and I heard you begin your prayer by saying, good morning, Father. Wow. And he said, I thought anybody that authentic before the Lord, I want mm -hmm. them to come and be a part of our district. Wow. So I guess what I'm trying to say to you, when you're authentic before the Lord, you walk out of that room and you share grace with other people as well. If there's ever any time that we can be totally transparent, yeah. it's when we're on our knees before God. Oh, yeah. He yeah. knows our heart anyway. Yeah. We might as well be transparent and honest. I'm afraid sometimes I'm too transparent. <laughs> <laughs> well, the second is the habit of secret service. And what I mean by the habit of secret service is learning to do things for people without letting them know you're doing it, uh, without announcing that you're doing it, but just do it for them. We have always heard growing up, you know, and, and even through my college years, you know, our reward in heaven. But I thought one day, you know what, I bet we're going to be surprised. Oh, yeah. When we get to heaven and we're thinking, you know, <clears throat> oh, yeah, I did this and I did yeah. that, and it was really good. And then God's going to say, you know, do you remember the day? Mm -hmm. You know, and we're going to go, I'm, I'm not sure I remember that, Lord. Yeah. 
How many times have we come home and found a package with no name on it on our doorsteps, mm -hmm. a gift with no name on it on our doorsteps? And I know those people gave us unto the Lord, and they're going to be blessed for it. Sometimes I know it's specifically for us because it's things we like, <laughs> and, you know, no one would know that. And you think, these people must know us pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I had an experience. I, I just recently, one of my neighbors has COVID, so... I, um, I was going to go uh, clear their sidewalks for them and their driveway for them. And when I opened up the garage, somebody had come and cleared my driveway and cleared our sidewalks. And I just started, I think I called you, you, you did. know. <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, here I am going to give to somebody else. And before I could give to them, God had given to us. What is the scripture? The Father knows what you need before you even yeah. ask. <laughs> and it, it just, it, it was so, mm -hmm. um, I don't want to be irreverent about it, but it, it just tickled me so much. I was standing there laughing, and it made it all the more joyful going over and, and cleaning their drives and their sidewalks and their porch. And when I got done, I was coming back, and, and I knew they'd know. I was, you know, the snowblower's pretty loud. And so when I got done, the window flew open. And it goes, thank you. You know, there's, and it just, it just was a great time. The habit of secret service. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 4, look at this. If you're going to help somebody, just do it quietly and unobtrusively. You can't be quiet with a snowblower or even with a <laughs> shovel. But just do it quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. Now, that doesn't mean that if you do something and it's known that, oh, no, that's not good. Oh, yeah. It's, God is just saying, don't do it, anything you do, for the sake of being seen. Oh, do I, it from a heart of purity. I can't stand false humility. Oh, you know, it's not about me. Or, oh, you know, I just, <laughs> never mind. I almost did a youth pastor thing there. I can't stand that. You know, if somebody thinks, you just be kind and say, you're welcome, and bless them again next time. Well, evidently, God can't stand it either. So, <laughs> so is that maybe a mark of godliness? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but look at what Jesus says. Your father works behind the scenes helping you out. Friends, every single day, God is doing things for us. He's blessing us. He's, he's bringing miracles our way that we're not even aware yeah. of. I was in the grocery store a couple of years ago, right around Thanksgiving yeah. time. And it was a rush time. Yeah. And there was a lady in front of me in the line. And she turned around and looked at me and gave me that kind of look. And you could tell she had had a rough day. <laughs> and she was like... Well, if I didn't have kids running around, I guess I could get up and get my hair and makeup done too. <laughs> and I had flowers in my hand, and she said, and maybe I'd even get flowers. Oh, wow. So I, was, I just stood there for a minute, and I was like, oh, wow, you know, that was pretty straightforward. Well, I was starting out of the store, and the Lord just kind of knocked on my heart and went, go give her the flowers. And I was like, but I need these flowers for my table because <laughs> I have company coming, and when I got out in the parking lot, she was parked like three cars down for me. Yeah, that's a good thing. So I walked over and I handed her the flowers and I said, I hope you have a better day. And she just stood there and she went, 
well, now I really feel bad for what I said. And I was like, no, don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it opened my heart to be able to do something yeah. for her. And, you know, that's a good point. Sometimes it's difficult to receive. And you've got to have the grace of receiving as well as the grace of giving. And so when somebody helps you out, you know, don't be offended or, or don't feel bad you know, all of us from time to time, we need one another. And I love that old song that uh, DC Talk used to do, Lean on Me, When You're Not Strong, I'll Be Your Friend, I'll Help You Carry On. You know, I like singing that song by, when I'm alone. I think it goes further back than DC Talk. but <laughs> Well, DC Talk is a rendition I like. But God's always helping you out. Be like your Heavenly Father. And then finally tonight, we want to talk about something Jesus brought up, and that's the habit of simplicity. If people have seen anything during this time of pandemic, yeah. and people have talked about it, I've seen it on discussion groups, I've heard ladies talk about it when we are together. If anything, we have realized how overly complicated our lives oh, have yeah, become. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's part of what Jesus is getting at, is is and we're not talking about minimalistic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I am not interested in reducing everything I own down to 100 things. I'm not interested in reducing everything I own to what I can carry in a backpack. I am interested that when I die and go to heaven that I leave behind resources for you and our children and grandchildren and for our church. I want to leave behind something as a blessing and an inheritance but it's not about minimalism, and it's not even about becoming a pauper. It's not even about um, uh, trying to be simplistic in the sense of foolish. It's about learning the value of living the way Jesus lived. And how do we do that? When we talk about simplicity, and I, I'm saying that because right now, it's a big cultural deal about being a minimalist. Being a minimalist. It's hard for me to say. Who is that book that I bought for you to read by one time? And she kept asking, does it spark joy? You shouldn't have asked me because I know. Anyway, <laughs> does it spark joy? Well, I, you know, I kind of laugh. It, if it didn't spark joy, I wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> well, it sparked joy at one time. It may not still. <laughs> well, if we, and where I'm going with that is, you have been getting clutter out of our house. Yeah. Okay? Now, there's a big difference between clutter and having things that you really want to hang on to. Maybe you can help. You well, can do I, better with that than I can. I think the picture that we're, we're wanting to show there is that just like our homes can get cluttered, mm -hmm. just like our closets can get cluttered, our hearts, our minds, our activities yeah. can get cluttered to the point that we are living for the clutter yeah. and not living in the simplicity that God has called us to live in, that we have the freedom right. to respond when something comes up, right. to, to open our hearts, to have time for prayer, for have to have time for people yeah. in our lives, and not letting things and stuff and emotions clutter those things. So just like you've been removing clutter from our home, mm -hmm. stuff that we don't use anymore, stuff that we don't need, it's already blessed some other people, people yeah. who wanted the, what you called clutter, and it's already, you know, and she always wants to attack my books, and I go, no, time out, <laughs> you know. Um, but 
it's the clutter that can get into our soul. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, we've got the cluttered relationships. We've got the cluttered, unresolved conflicts. We've got the cluttered emotions. All because we haven't been in fasting. We haven't been praying. We haven't been in solitude along with the Lord. You know, we haven't been in the habit of giving through serving other people the way Jesus calls us to serve. We want to be served, but we don't want to serve. And so these habits actually help you simplify life because as you, as you fast, one of the things you're doing is you're doing without food or maybe something else in your life so you can focus upon God. God will put his finger on your heart and I think it was last week when you went, God will put his finger. And I go, no, God never <laughs> does that to me. He just goes, you know, I want this gone. I want this out of there. And it's amazing when you give it to God and you say, okay, Lord, I, I forgive or I'm going to deal with this. You feel so much freedom. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, there's a thought, too, that sometimes we clutter our lives yeah. with things and with attitudes and with busyness so that we don't have to deal with the solitude yeah. and the silence. I've actually had men tell me, I've never had any women tell me this, and um, it's probably just because I haven't had those kind of conversations with them. I'm sure that women deal with it, but I've had men tell me solitude frightens them. Being alone with their thoughts, yeah. being alone with God, you know, no sports, no newspaper, solitude frightens them. Is that if, true with women we, as well? Sure. If we can keep noise and busyness and, and we feel like we're being productive if we're busy, yeah. and there are times that God calls us to be busy, and there are times God calls us to be still. Yeah. My first job in retail, um, one of the things that uh, I was taught was how to attract customers, how to keep their attention, where to direct their eyes at, how you keep a customer in the store, and then how to upsell that customer. We cluttered them, you know? Yeah. And it was, it, and sending them out oftentimes was more than they intended to buy, and they put it on a credit card. And so it's very, very important that we understand this habit of simplicity. Simplicity is not about being poor, but it's not about trying to be um, extravagant either for yourself. Simplicity is what level, what measure, where do you need to live at in order to fulfill what God has called you to do? Simplicity is fulfilling that mission without trying to be a martyr or make everybody, everybody else think you're a martyr. Simplicity is being able to enjoy a good steak dinner. It's in being able to enjoy a great vacation, a nice home, a good car. But it's also about being willing to give those things up right. and not live as lavishly as you could live in order to be a tither in order to support missions, mm -hmm. in order to go on a missions trip and say maybe go to El Salvador or go to Paraguay or Argentina uh, to go serve others. So you, you give up some things in order to do what God has called you to do. So it's not about extremes. It's about living in the place that God wants you to live. How do you do that? Well, first of all, Romans 12, 3 says this. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. 
In other words, when, when, when Paul was writing, he says, don't think you're better than you really are. You know, don't try to act like a big shot. Yeah. Don't, don't think you have to have steak every day. It's good to have a hamburger. Oh, <laughs> I wish I had a hamburger right now. But I think what he's saying there, too, is this. Recognize you're a sinner saved by grace. Mm -hmm. And when you recognize that you're a sinner saved by grace, you don't deserve, and I'm just being honest, none of us deserve the life that God has given to us. And if we understand that, then we're free to enjoy it rather than trying to grasp and get everything we can. And one of the ways we can do that is by paying attention to what we want and to what we need. Okay. Second thing is being honest in your evaluation of yourself. You're not still lost in your sins. You're not in rebellion against God if you're following mm -hmm. Jesus. Be honest in your You're a child of God tonight. You're a new creation. All things have passed away. You've been born again. You're a brand new man or woman. And so how do we measure where we're at? Measure yourself by your faith that God has given to you. Do you trust God? Do you trust him enough to live a simpler lifestyle emotionally, spiritually, mentally? I don't have to know everything that's going on. You know, especially moms are always saying to me, you know, I want to give, yeah. I want to do, but, you know, our budget can only handle yeah. so much. We can only do this. How can I? And one of the things we've done through the last year since yeah. this pandemic started is we started doing our meatless Mondays, <laughs> which very honestly is good for us, you know. And so what we do is we give up a meat. Yeah. For that one night, and what we would have spent on that, we give that to our missions pledge at the church. And I have to say something, though. I enjoy the Meatless Monday, but I would not enjoy it if it wasn't that you go <laughs> the extra mile to make sure it's something really delicious. Dana, thank you for the cookbook. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got to be honest with you. You know, the reason I'm enjoying Meatless Monday is because of what she's doing. Uh, never mind. But we can all, what I'm saying is we can always find yeah. a way when we think, you know, there's, there's no place in the budget that I can, that I can give beyond mm -hmm. my ties. There's no place in my time that I can give to right. something else. There's no place in, in the, the, the schedule for one more thing. But we can always find a way to simplify our life a little bit so that we can be open to be generous. Well, I think you're just going, kind of going through these sub-points I've got here. Pay attention to what you want and what you need. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is there are things I want, you know. I would love to have a new MacBook Pro. I would love to have that, but I don't need that right now, you know. You're right. I'm right. You don't okay. need that right now. <laughs> so I pay attention to what I want, but I pay attention to what I need. There will yeah. come a point when I have to replace that MacBook yeah. Pro, okay? So one night I was in the car and, I, and Amy was in the car with me and I says, oh, I really would like to have a Mustang like that when she goes, Daddy, be satisfied with what you have. I think that was called parroting back something. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is pay attention to how we give, save, and spend. In other words, be mindful about your giving. Your tithe belongs to your local church. And if you're watching from another church, your tithe belongs to your local church. 
Tithing existed long before the law. Abraham tithed, Jacob tithed, long before Moses gave the law. So people tell me, you know, tithing is the law. No, tithing is where we bring to God our first 10% and we trust him with that. Mm -hmm. Jesus says you should tithe. And so pay attention, you know, has your money got such a hold on you that you can't be generous? And then learn to give above your tithe, which is what we're talking about with our missions, right. giving, and other. But also save. If you learn to save at least 10%, you know, if you're in your 20s and you're just starting out and you save 10% of everything you earn and you give 10% of everything that uh, back to God in your tithe, I'm telling you, friends, when you're our age, life's going to be good for you financially because the Lord's going to bless you. But then pay attention to your spending. I put a diagram up Sunday on how I spend my time. Mm -hmm. I've already had a lot of comments on that. People curious about it. You spend your time like you spend your money. Yes, you, know you where do. Where it goes and what it's being used for. And then learn to keep Sabbath as well. Sabbath is a gift from God as a day of rest. Yeah. It's a day to worship, mm -hmm. but it's a day, too, that we give to God, but that he gives back to us rest. Think about how much God loves us. No other religion is like this. No other religion is like this. And Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with God through Christ Jesus. But when God created us, he created, it's in our creative nature, the creative order of our lives, that we would need one day to rest. And I have to be honest with you, because I love what I do, it's always it's been hard. a struggle. Yeah, it's always been a struggle I, for me to turn off everything and take a day of rest. Mm -hmm. Because I'll find myself trying to fill it up with work. And... Um, it's important. You need that time of rest with your family. And then learn to live in Sabbath simplicity. Do you know what I mean by that? No. Okay. <laughs> On Sabbath simplicity, the children of Israel were not to gather more than what they needed on the sixth, um, uh, on the sixth day. Excuse me. Monday through Friday, they were not to gather more than they needed. But on the sixth day, they were to gather a little more and not go out on the Sabbath day so they could stay home, they could rest, they could enjoy their family. If they gathered more than they needed Monday through Friday, it would have maggots in it and be stinking the next day. But somehow or another, and this is important, miraculously, God made it go far enough to be abundant enough for the Sabbath day. And I'm telling you, you may think you can't make it without overtime. You may think you can't make it without all that extra money. But if you'll put God first in your time, he's going to provide for your family. God gives us a gift yeah. when he gave us the Sabbath. And he not only gave us, but he gives the provision right. for us to be able to do that. Well, and then another point I'd like to make here is move from duplicity to simplicity. That's the key of being honest. Yes. That's what Jesus meant when he said, don't role play before God. Mm -hmm. You know, don't have these two models. Don't have a public persona and a private persona. Who you are is who you are in private. What you are is what you are in private. Mm -hmm. If my public ministry was not synonymous with my home life, my private life, we wouldn't have ever made it. Our family mm -hmm. wouldn't have ever made it. Those things will eventually come to the light. One of the things that my sons have said to me, that my two older sons have said to me, says, Dad, thank you. You've loved us. 
thank you, and they've been able to tell their wives, my parents really do love each other. And that doesn't mean we've never disagreed, but we've never been duplicitous. Is that the word, duplicitous? All right, define duplicitous. <laughs> Means being a public persona and a private persona, you know, trying to be deceitful about who you are. I think we call that a split personality. <laughs> well, we're not going there. Be honest about who you are. You know, I'm honest about who I am. And I'm telling you, you helped me more with that when we started dating because I just felt like I had to fit into this proper mold to be a pastor. You had the, uh, the preacher model before you. <laughs> I, you, know, I, you know, like I stepped out of a GPH catalog, gospel <laughs> publishing house catalog. Number two, have appropriate boundaries. Have appropriate boundaries with your time, your relationships, your money, things of that nature. You, anything you'd like to say the, about that? Well, the, I think the key to that is, is your next point is starting small. Yeah. Whether it's giving, whether it's your time. I mean, if, if we just shifted gears... So quickly, yeah. things would be out of balance. Yeah. But start small and start where you can and begin to make those changes. Keep appropriate boundaries with the opposite sex. I think that is so important. Keep appropriate boundaries in your entertainment and what you're watching. Uh, number three, you know, you just said it, start small. Mm -hmm. Start somewhere and then learn how to give cheerfully. And I think that's so important. Don't give begrudgingly. Don't give grumpily. But give cheerfully. Learn to trust God with your time. If you're, you know, I told you the illustration about the somebody coming and doing my driveway. Because to be honest with you, I had a lot to do on that Sunday afternoon. And because Sundays is not my Sabbath, that's not the day I get to rest. There were uh, phone calls to make, Zoom calls to make with people that I was praying with. But I wanted to get that done and then get back in and get freshened up so I could do it. And to have my driveway done, that was God taking care of me so I could be a pastor exactly. that day. Give cheerfully. Would you read this? This is by one of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard. And this is from his book, The Spirit of the Disciplines. The spiritually wise person has always known that frivolous consumption corrupts the soul away from trust in, worship of, and service to God and injures our neighbors as well. O. Hardeman forcefully put the point, the Christian who has the ability to live luxuriously but fast from all extravagance and practices simplicity in his dress, his home, his whole manner of life is therefore rendering a good service to society. Isn't that a powerful statement? And O. Hardeman, he wrote one of the best books on prayer I've ever read before, but he was a Norwegian pastor. Well, let's wrap this up. We're out of time, and we've got some, you've got a worship rehearsal coming up here, and I see that um, we're about 10 minutes over, so he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, and what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what's fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate, loyal in your love, and don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. And then Ecclesiastes 3, 4, there's always a time to cry. There's another time to laugh. There's a time to lament. There's a time to cheer. There are times in your life when maybe some of these disciplines, these secret habits that we've been talking about, you may go into prayer and just feel like praising God and shouting, come on, victory. Or you may go into prayer feeling like, David, God, where are you? It's the simplicity of being honest about who you are. One more quote from Dallas Willard, and we'll wrap it up. 
We become preoccupied with methods and techniques and goals and measurements and outcomes and burnout and stress and exhaustion are inevitable. And then sin starts to look good. The only antidote for this is to come back to life in the Trinity. Friends, burnout is not new to America. Burnout was happening to people in the Bible. They did not have the luxury of the time-saving, the labor-saving mm -hmm. devices that we have today. They didn't have the luxury of cars. I mean, there was wood to chop, to, to build with, to cook with, to heat with. There was water to carry, to water their fields. So we are blessed, but yet we're still finding ourselves, we're still finding ourselves that somehow or another we are experiencing burnout, even with all of our help, because the world demands more from us, but we demand more from ourselves, and we're not taking time to rest, and we're not practicing these secret habits that will build good, solid lives. God didn't call us just to be busy. Yeah. He didn't call us to be lazy, but he called us to be diligent. Neither one of us can hardly tolerate laziness, can we? <laughs> Well, that's a subject for another time, but if you want to read about slothfulness, read the book of Proverbs. Well, let's close on a better note than that. Mm -hmm. Let me encourage you, practice these secret habits. It's not a matter of, of laziness, it's a matter of desire. What do you desire? I desire the Lord. I desire fellowship with you, I desire fellowship with you, and what you desire is what you go after. Would you lead us in prayer? Precious Father, we are so grateful that, Lord, you didn't just put a set of rules and a set of regulations, yeah. but, Father, you opened your heart to relationship. You worked to establish this relationship and restore it when it was broken mm. in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and, Father, I pray that you would help us as your children, as your followers, of those that we really want to please you, Lord, to learn to do yes. that through our relationship with you, through our solitude with you, through prayer, through Bible study, through giving to others, not for recognition, but just because we can. No. And Father, that you would open our hearts, O oh God, into ways that we can, Lord, express and we can give back to others just as you've freely given to us. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for doing this. And I just have to say this before the Lord and everybody listening, you're a great example of all of these secret habits. Thank you. God bless you. We love you.